Nick. Hello, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay, Steve. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Just think of the dog. The dog in the room with the eyes, looking happy, (laughs) having a cup of tea. We're podcasting in the evening, aren't we? We are. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Not sure I like it. It feels wrong. Yeah, I prefer it in the morning. I feel like I'm kind of bit more on i feel like i'm kind of intellectually weakened that you're going to take advantage of me i'm also really really hungry because i've not had my tea yet and it's late uh, which is what you're bad have i'm gonna have a kebab steve nice i mean cardiff visiting my dad i've already checked out the kebab shop i went down there i scouted it i checked whether it had a proper charcoal grill and i took yeah. the number i asked for a leaflet he said oh we haven't got any leaflets so I photographed the number at the kebab shop. So I could phone so it'd be waiting for me when I arrive at the kebab shop later on. Nice. And have you pre have you already rung in the order? No, I'm gonna do it immediately. Maybe when you're talking and I'm not really Maybe. listening later on. <laughs> <laughs> you can just ring it in. Yeah. What what's your kebab order of choice? Oh, it will be I, a lamb. So let me guess. I reckon it will you go for a lamb shit. Oh mate! In one. A lamb sheesh. Am I, there we go. A lamb you're sheesh. So That's what I'm having, a lamb sheesh. So, um, nice. with a bit of garlic and a bit of chilli. <laughs> Hopefully not too much in the way of chilli sauce. I don't like it when it's over chilled. I prefer it when there's a moderate amount of chilli. Anyway, that's enough kebab talk. We should do science of kebabs at some point. I'm sure it's very interesting. <laughs> make me hungry. It's making me hungry now. Oh my God, I'm starving. We can talk about those, the chilli again. It will make us I hungry even, I had a, about the Scoville unit. I had a Turkish delight last night as well. You know the Fry's chocolate bar, the Turkish delight? Ah, yeah. Delicious. Very old school. Delicious. Did it, did it remind you of like being 15 again and on your way home from school? It, That's not what it reminds me of. It was heavy. It was quite heavy. It's quite dense. Yeah. It's not a um it's not a light chocolate bar, is it? It's not fluffy. It's not like an aero or a crunchy. It's dense. Right. It sits. Well then you're you're not paying for the air though. You should like that. It's a bargain in yeah. comparison. Yeah. Anyway, should we get on and talk science? Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, you're having a beer, Steve. That's topical. That's what I'm going to talk about. Cheers. I got this from Sainsbury's today. Brooklyn Lager. Brooklyn Lager. I think, yeah, you were right. You're one of them, aren't you? It was on special. Was it? How much was it? £10 for 12. £10 for 12. That's good, man. I told you. See? That's good. <laughs> It's not quite as good as Aldi's 89p for a bottle of Banks's, but it's not Pretty bad. close. Pretty close, yeah, but they're smaller. You're only getting like your 330 there. I'm getting 500. <laughs> you know what, yeah. Nick? You're right. I take it back. <laughs> anyway, right, so I want to talk yeah. about beer. I'm going to talk about beer, actually. Oh, okay. Um, specifically, I went to Rome on the Hollybobs nice. for, a week, for a weekend. I love Rome. Like a, I've never been. Did you go to St. Peter's Basilica? Um, no. What? No, you didn't we go. Didn't. You didn't go to the big cathedral. <laughs> we went to, we went to the Colosseum. We went to the Vatican. I saw the Sistine Chapel. It's beautiful, all, isn't it? It's incredible. incredible. Yeah. But you, you didn't well, go. You didn't go into St Peter's Basilica. Didn't have time. We're only there three days, and there was so much to see. Dude, we that, the that building is, is the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Really? You should yeah. have told me before and you I went missed there. it. Should have told me before I went. Sistine Chapel's pretty pretty good though in comparison. 
I mean, we saw the Colosseum, mate. We saw the Pantheon. We saw lots of cool stuff. Spanish stairs. Caravaggio in the original church where they were erected a long, long time ago. Spanish steps left me totally cold. It's just some steps. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Anyway... Anyway, no, no, we don't. That's not what I'm talking about. Anyway, we, we found a bar. We had a favourite bar. Um, it was like a kind of crazy hooker pipe smoky bar with disco music, and it was in a place called Campo de Fiori. Anyway, in there, um, yeah, I was drinking. We were having Guinness, a pint of Guinness. Of course, um, we were. you went. You went to Italy to drink Guinness. We had a Guinness, <laughs> <laughs> but we were in there, and yeah, they had an interesting contraption, Steve. Is it a nitro Very brew? No. Ah. No, it wasn't. What is it? It was. They they took a picture of my face and then they printed my face in detail on the head of a pint of Guinness. And it's incredible. It's just it, beautiful <laughs> well, detail. Well, 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 hang on a sec. So, like, there's no, it's not on paper. You're saying... It's printed on the head. So how Directly does it work? Is it burning? Head. Is it burning sugars or something? Is that what it's doing? It's cool. It's made, I look. I looked into it. This is, can't really find out how it works, to be honest. I found the patent, so I've got the patent for it. But nice. What's the it's patent called, number? Uh, oh, mate, I, I don't know. It's just going to be a long string of numbers. Ah, okay. Um, how it, how old's the look. patent? Let me have a look. It's relatively recent. Oh, I've got the patent here. It's from about 2015, and it's like. W O two O two zero one seven two two one zero seven seven A two. Does that help Good. your understanding yeah, of the much business? better? Well, I was just checking you've done your homework properly. That's all. Anyway, it's it's called a company called Ripple. Make it. They've been around. It's an Israeli company. They've been around for six or seven years. Yeah. And um, basically, I think they started with coffee. And all it is, Steve, is an inkjet printer. There's, I don't right. think there's anything special about it. It's just an inkjet printer. But come like on. A d- that's not going to work though is it because an inkjet printer prints on some, a flat bed i.e like when when the paper's flat whereas a guinness as we all know a good guinness is domed oh is it no guinness yeah. is pretty flat mate it's pretty no. flat no 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 you go into beautiful if you follow beautiful pints on instagram all they do is take beautiful pints of guinness and put them on instagram and they've all got good domage nick this didn't show. have a dome on it this was flat this looked like uh, a flat surface Anyway, maybe that's a. I didn't. I didn't. Mm. I didn't notice anything about it having to have a flat head. It printed a beautiful picture on it, and and it is just an inkjet printer. I don't really know how an inkjet printer works. It just sort of vaporizes some kind of ink onto it, and they're all made of like kind of edible materials, so carrot extract and things mm. like that. I'm showing. Yeah, you. I can't see that. Oh, Steve's showing me something, but none none of you guys at home can can see it. But <laughs> it's, uh, okay, look at look at the domage on that pint of Guinness. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, it's a dome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you, it costs you three grand, three thousand dollars to buy one of these machines, and you have to pay. I was going to say it costs you three grand for a Guinness. That was impressive. Yeah, you can get fluorescent ones as well. They print fluorescent oh, images and cool. stuff. So, it started off as a coffee, but um, yeah, people have been trying to do it for years. But when I was looking into the patent as well, there's a patent from two thousand and two called stenciling a design onto a food or drink surface, and it's mm. just a stencil. It's literally a patent <laughs> for a stencil. So what, this just is like what a it piece says. of piece of paper, like like you know when you when people shake like a like a coffee bean thing on your cappuccino, is that what it is? It says the method comprising the steps of one positioning a stencil over the surface of the food stuff or beverage, two applying the edible material over the stencil, and three removing the stencil. That's that it. Was, that was granted, <laughs> was it? Yeah. How old's the pattern? Two. About twenty years. Jesus. 
Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, so you can do it on coffee as well. So this company and it just prints it. But it only work in things like Guinness, right? And why why does it only work in Guinness and like frothy co- you know? Because the bubbles like are small. Why are the bubbles small, Steve? Because they've got nitrogen rather than carbon dioxide. Why are nitrogen bubbles smaller than carbon dioxide bubbles? Oh, that's a great question. Well, they don't have to be, I suppose. It depends upon the nature of the colloid. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, why, now you, why are now they you're smaller? just, <laughs> you're just no, using words. There's nothing... There's nothing because of the nature of the colloid, what does that mean? Well, I'm just saying there's nothing, there's nothing, um, but but the there's nothing special about the gas which would give rise to bigger. Yeah, or there, smaller is, bubbles. there is. There is. special about the gas. It's it's to do the solubility. Not so nitrogen is much less soluble in liquid than carbon dioxide. Most right. beers, like lagers, have carbon dioxide in them. If you think yeah. about a pint of real ale, perhaps, or a pint of lager, you get a froth in it, but it's kind of sort of degrades more rapidly doesn't it in the guinness and it's less smooth right yeah. and you're right that is to do the bubble size you're absolutely correct the reason nitrogen bubbles are smaller apparently and there mm. is controversy about this if you start hunting around the internet Love it. i've gone back to a definitive source steve which is a paper from 1985 <laughs> and it's called the foaming properties of beer <laughs> nice by, a, the journal? By, a, by a dr bamforth from bass brewery Nice. The journal, God, you're a stickler for detail, aren't you? God's sake. It's the journal, the journal of the Institute of Brewing, I think. Nice. I bet J. Inst. Brew. That's anyway. That's a, that's, that's a journal I wouldn't mind being on their executive board. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So it's a great article. I'd recommend having a read of it. Actually, it's really accessibly written. I mean, this is the introduction, for instance. Yeah. An aspect of beer quality. Oh, don't do it in a low. Yeah. An aspect of beer quality. He's going to be Yorkshireman, isn't he? Is that who he's going to be? I'll tell tell you. Tell me that. that, that (laughs) An aspect of beer quality, general concern to be of major importance is the presence of a stable and attractive head of form. The majority of beer drinking public appear to judge beer by eye as much as by palate. And a good head probably establishes the beer in the mind of the customer as being fresh, refreshing, and interesting. Indeed, it seems that that beer that form directly influences perceived organoleptical properties of beer. <laughs> organoleptical. The, uh, yeah, I think that's. I, I looked that word up. It's what does that mean? The, of the senses. Ah, of okay. something I related. I didn't know that. Normally, anyway. Okay, um, so, so does that anyway, mean we use other gases to get different. So if we put argon in our beer, mm, for instance, people have tried it. Oh, so brilliant! People have tried it. People have tried it. So argon. Argon is a bit more solid. So nitrogen is about 100 times less solid than carbon dioxide. Just just right. going back to the reason why they're small. Yeah, why would yeah, that yeah, make yeah, the sorry. bubble smaller? Do you know why it make the bubble smaller? Um, but presumably because, so, so, you know, let's imagine, so the gas dissolves in the liquid, and then when the pressure changes, when you open your can or, or when you, you pour it out of, your, out of the barrel, then the gases that are dissolved in the liquid come out because of the pressure change. And if there's more gas that's dissolved in the liquid, there's more gas to come out. And so I would guess then that that would give rise to larger bubbles because there's more gas to to, to come out. It's a nice fair? idea. It's a nice idea, Steve. And I like it your completely logic. wrong. I don't know whether it's completely no. wrong. It's not the it's not the it's not the main answer. <coughs> so right. just going back, there's a few things you've picked up on there that yeah. we'll drill down into a little bit more detail. But the yeah. main point is that the reason bubbles become unstable when they're made of a soluble gas, well, bubble stability is related to the surface tension. That's the sort of thing in the bubble. And in beer, it's always it's usually glycoproteins. So it's proteins dissolved from the malt. They've got little sugary bits on them, and they're what's called amphiphilic 
or amphipathic if you like they're like soap they've got yeah. a, a water loving end and a water hating end and yeah, so, so they stabilize bubbles. so yeah, yeah. they stay so if you get your fairy liquid bit in water shake it up falls bubbles really easily the 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 surfactant that's what it's called makes the bubbles more stable same with the glycoproteins in beer so you can think about glycoproteins as being like beer soap mm. anyway they form these bubbles the gas is important because when you've got a gas which is quite soluble, the gas will diffuse out of the bubbles quite rapidly and you get this process happening all the time which is called Ostwald ripening. Mm. Right? And what happens is bubbles, air, gas moves out of small bubbles because the smaller the bubble, the higher the pressure. Yeah. Right? That's just a law. It's a physical property. And yeah. that gas will transfer, it'll, it'll dissolve in the water and then appear again in the bigger bubble so you basically big bubbles cannibalize little ones yeah. and you end up with no little bubbles left just big bubbles and then I did they my pop phd on oswald ripening did you really yeah yeah it's how nanocrystals yeah. form it's the same same process oh maybe you can tell me about that another time yeah. it's interesting it, anyway it's very confusing yeah like it's one of those things that's a bit counterintuitive because you're like how does the bubble know that it needs to go in the big bubble <laughs> Like, how does the if you're a mo molecule of carbon dioxide and you're in your in the little bubble, how do you know you need to redissolve into the bulk and go to the big bubble? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Anyway, with the little bubbles, the, the nitrogen can't get out as easily; it won't dissolve, so they mm. tend to persi persist for a lot longer. The other reason they persist for a lot longer is because when they're smaller liquid drains off them much more slowly because they're really tortuous. You know, mm. if you've got loads of little bubbles at the top, so the head will stay there longer. So you can print on it because the liquid sort of drains away from them much, much, much more slowly. But what, so, so what is the ink? Is it just like, is it just food coloring or something? Yeah, it's it? like, it's yeah. like a kind of a slightly fatty um, food thing. So derived from carrot. So most of the ones I found are derived from carrot, but there's other things derived from beetroot as well. So they're always going to be food derived pigments almost that right. print out. There's no reason you couldn't do it with anything. And yeah. I think because the if you think about the bubbles being made of a surfactant, the soapy molecule, mm. things which are a little bit hydrophobic, so fatty things, will stick deposit in the bubbles. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, deposit more than, than, than um, water-soluble things Cause, because cause the, the bubbles first, are the, quite... On the face of it, there would be a terrible substrate to print on is bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You would say, no, that's terrible because they're all going to well, pop I can't... as you try and... As you try and the, write on them. The pattern is really quite cryptic and I couldn't really, I read it, I couldn't really understand specifically why that inkjet printer was different from a normal inkjet printer. It just said an inkjet printer. It's quite, it didn't seem like there was any, unless I just don't understand the technicalities. What's the, what's the resolution? How detailed was the Really inkjet? detailed. And when we, when this podcast is released, look at Twitter, there'll be a picture of my face on the, on the head of a, uh, on the head of a pint of Guinness. Anyway, that's basically it, how it works. Was, and it, the was other, it more expensive to have your pint of Guinness with your face on it? No, no, they just gave it me for that. I so, think they're so trying. What, okay, so, so let's let's right. So you're in you're in Italy. You walk in. This is like, hello, Nick. Welcome to the bar. Would you like the Guinness with your face? And you're like, hell's yes, I do. It wasn't that the guy a guy before my friend Andreas, who's Swedish, who we met out there. Yeah. He had been in the previous night. That's why we were drinking Guinness because he's Swedish and he's like, "Oh my goodness, they have Guinness Swedish. We right. have Guinness." Do you know what I mean? That that apparently oh, that's is like that's the, unusual in Sweden. That's it? the drink to drink in Sweden, obviously. So he'd had one and they'd put like a picture of a dog's head on it or something. So when we were in there, the woman we were laughing about it, and the woman sort of said, "We can do it with your face." 
and Andreas was like, let's take a picture of Nick. So he took a picture of my face. All right, so most people don't get their own face. You you added your create your layer of creativity on top of that. You can have whatever asking, you want. Well, why didn't you have, have like, you, you could have had, you know, you could have had 2112 just printed. I want on my own face. Beer. I want my own face on my beer. It was more fun. <laughs> when you took the first sip, <laughs> what part of your face did you drink from? Did it was like the my forehead so my face sort of, forehead. Sort of, it was like you know in the ring when the woman's <laughs> face goes all weird it's like that it's quite freaky love it anyway the other thing that i just wanted to mention briefly is so nitrogen doesn't dissolve very well so when they make guinness in the can or mm. any of those foamed up drinks they actually add liquid nitrogen before they can it which then vaporizes and, and then... just for and you got that widget in the can i don't know yeah. is it? i mean we, we could talk about widgets another day but that's just a hollow like plastic contraption with a tiny hole in it and when the nitrogen is vaporous it forces lots of beer and nitrogen into that and when you open the can it jets it out and that's why the bubbles start to form then so mm. i i didn't i didn't i didn't really get a sense that the bubbles are forming because they're coming out of solution to bubble into the bubbles i wonder whether it's more to do with what's going on is that contraption is making t lots of really tiny little bubbles very, oh, very Oh, so it's rapidly. just like you're saying it's like the equivalent of just shaking up the pint rather than, I think so, rather yeah, than but, a pressure release. But yeah. please, if anyone knows, get into it's really hard. I've looked at several. I looked at the Royal Society Chemistry website. I've looked at Guinness's website. It's a little bit cryptic, and people are even doubting the idea about this Oswald ripening thing. I looked mm. at the brew. There's a brewer's website I was just looking at. And I can't remember what they had. There's a whole thread on there. So hold on. So let's let's go back to it. So you're saying argon's more soluble than carbon dioxide. Yeah. So the bubbles will be bigger. So it'll be worse to to print your face on. So what we argon what, marginally worse, but I think argon is still really quite insoluble compared with um, carbon dioxide. Nitrogen. Carbon dioxide is really soluble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so, so, so the, the order is CO2, so. argon, nitrogen. Yeah. Yeah, but so, argon and nitrogen are near, like quite close to each other in carbon dioxide. Okay, so, so you're away. saying that the, the 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 bubbles don't get the chance to Oswald ripen? Is that is that in the case of nitrogen? Because there's less nitrogen dissolved. Is that the idea? The nitrogen in the bubbles won't yeah. won't dissolve as easily into the solution. But yeah. how the bubbles form, I'm not totally convinced about. Right, I'm okay. not sure whether they form because it's coming out of solution when you okay. open the can. Yeah, okay. Because usually when you open a pressurized can, mm. the pressure decreases rapidly and that makes the gas much less soluble again. And that's that's the reason. So if you were to take an even... When you open a, even, cave, when you open a bottle of coke, coke, that's why it becomes yeah. fizzy. So if we were to open an even less... To, to dissolve an even less soluble gas into your Guinness, you might make it even creamier. Possibly, yeah. But nitrogen's know. cheap. So if you, that's why they're basically cheap, nitrogen. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. So think about that next time we have a Guinness and look out on the Twitter feed for my head on a pint of Guinness. Guess what I did this week? What did you do this week, Steve? I went for dinner with my colleagues for a, the, the, you know, the our, our department every about year, maybe every two years, has a um, philanthropy dinner. Where they invite all of these like you know like wonderfully successful people that used to have some association with the university and uh, they invite them to kind of tell them about all of the fun stuff the department's doing and ultimately to try and make them gift us loads of cash so we can carry on doing all the science we want to do right um, sounds not very interesting so far <laughs> yeah and so well so uh, anyway 
it's quite strange, Nick. I wanted to kind of talk about it. So I have to be a bit careful of how I say this because obviously these people are, you know, I don't want to reveal any specific names. But I'll, I'll so you've say got to be one. careful who you call a wanker. Not that. Just I don't think they probably like to be spoken about. But what's really interesting, right, is the university takes this really seriously. So before I went, so I got an email saying, there's a dinner going. Would you mind turning up and talking about your science? I was like, yeah, no problem at all. It was in the Royal Society of Chemistry in Burlington House in Piccadilly. It was in London, which is great. Very nice. That's closer to my house than my, my work is in London. Yep. So I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And then, um, like, the, the, the kind of... Um, the philanthropic arm of the university, which is called QDAR in Cambridge, um, they um, they send you a, a, like a dossier, Nick, of all of the a people dossier. that are coming. Yeah, it's a like a tw- it's a forty five page document that was sent in paper to my home rather than email right. of yeah. all of the people that are coming. Right? Yeah, that's pictures fine. of them. I approve of this. I like I like this. What they call QDAR. I like their reliance <laughs> on the post and paper. That would that would clinch it for me. I would like come. unsold. Yeah. Um, well, if you don't, yeah, yeah look, I, I reckon they do that for the donors as well. Like, it's just everyone prefers to have like a bit of paper, don't they? No, I don't. Like I don't wait. Anyway, but, so on it, there's all these people that are coming. Successful Inclus- people prefer it on a bit of paper. That's what I'm Probably. Yeah, Clever probably. People. I, th- I think actually Clever it just means people. old people prefer it. Clever, on a bit better people. Better people. Just call them better people, Steve. <laughs> better people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so you got this bit of paper um, uh, with kind of this well, this dossier of all of the people coming, uh, what what their association was with the university, how much they've been involved with, you know, like what what they studied in what year and what they're. Now. Were there any Saudi murderers? <laughs> I mean, Not- when you think about donors, you're like, oh. How much blood does this donor have on their hand? <laughs> well, That's what they, you have to do. They, do they also, so there's all of that, right? And you'll go through it. But then equally, they sent you another piece of paper about how to make small talk with people. Like Cambridge oh, academics are so bad at this <laughs> that you have to basically say, maybe ask them about how the weather's been. How was their journey getting here? <laughs> like, you know, have so you got, can you, can you read any of that out? I yeah, want to hear that. Let me, let me pull I it up. Hear Hold that. on. I want to uh, hear that. I mean, the thing is, mate, I would, I'd, I love those sorts of things. I'm dead happy with small talk. I prefer the small talk than talking about the science half the time. Yeah, it's you're, much you, more you're very good at this, but Cambridge, Cambridge, um, uh, academics, <laughs> you can't trust. They're <laughs> a bit like that, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Hold on. Here you go. Let me find it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so carry on. So what happened then? Who yeah, you okay, here we go. Name, Conversation starters. This is what they say. <laughs> Find out whether the alumnus or whether they're, what their affiliation is to the department. If they are an alumnus, ask questions about their time in Cambridge and the department. What was your experience at Cambridge within the department? <laughs> what was your college experience like? What did you do next? How, about, <laughs> how did your time at Cambridge lead to your future career? Tell me more about your business slash area of work. <laughs> Find I out. mean, how patronizing do they want There's to more. be? There's more. Find out about their current interests. What were you, what why were you attracted to coming to tonight's event, and what do you think of its theme? <laughs> why are they doing? I mean, why are they doing this? Are they, do you have to report back, or something? do you have to like answer these questions? There was there was the two pre meetings to discuss this, and a post meeting to discuss the the, the, the event. Can um, I come next time? I could be like you know Rupert in um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> That's what I do. Put my hand up. Can I go to the toilet? Yeah, <laughs> and then exactly. just. And anyway, then just wet, wet myself at the table. So I think sorry. I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. 
I think I'd fit right in. Yeah, you do. Uh, do you know what? Actually, you, you'd be very good at this game. I don't think, like in Southampton, they would have to tell people how to make small talk. They'd have I to don't know, man. Joke. They have to. I mean, some of the people in my department, they'd probably have to tell them how to use a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. So I arrive. Um, there were told lots of emails about, you know, what, how to dress and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's just a normal dinner. So I arrive. Um, there's some people there, you know, like glass of wine, some canapes, you know, very, very, very posh, very formal. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of being, being around. And then they give you the seating plan, right? And I hadn't seen the seating plan. They'd sent it, but I hadn't read it. And then I looked at it, and there's all the, there's probably about 50 people there. And on each table, there was like one or maybe two academics from the department or someone from the university. And the rest of it were just like all these kind of wealthy people. And anyway, I looked at it. And they've only gone and put me. I was like, well, they've, you know, I'm not that important. They'll put me in the back, you know, the back somewhere with somebody that's not that important. They, Nick, they put me next to Yusuf Hamid, who, if you don't know, has given such a large donation to the Cambridge Chemistry Department that we are now the Yusuf Hamid Chemistry Department in Cambridge, right? Oh, so he's like actually, he, he, your department is named after him. Uh, named after him due to a, you know, and I, like I know obviously no of he, him. Is he happy with that? I mean, he, he, that was I what I would have asked him. I would have said, "Dude, the building's named after you. Like, is that like?" Anyway, they put me between you, him and his wife, and I was, you know, between you know them. Yeah, between. And you know you oh, mate, are you sure this was an alumnus event? Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure? Pampas grass on the table. <laughs> Bowl for the car keys. No, but anyway, so. You know, I felt like you know, like there's clearly some mix-up that they would trust me to put me between. Them. Anyway. All I want to say, so I spoke to Yusuf. I, you know, he's, a, he's a relatively, you know, old guy. He's in his 80s now. Um, incredibly inspirational, Nick, right? So so if you don't know, so he he's Indian, but he was educated at Cambridge as, in a, as a chemistry, in a, in a, studied chemistry and natural sciences. And he went back to India and lobbied the Indian parliament in the kind of early 70s to change the um, intellectual property law in India. And he, did, and he managed to do this, and he switched from the ability to patent a chemical structure, which is currently how it works in most Western countries, so America and the UK and yeah, Europe, yeah. And, yeah. to patenting a process for drug, dis, for drug development. Right. And he managed to successfully do that. So what that me meant was that um, he could then produce um, drugs at very low cost because the, you didn't have to pay the, all the associated patent costs. Yeah. And so his company, which is called um, Sipla uh, Pharmaceuticals, um, they essentially made, initially in the kind of late 70s and early 80s, they made a lot of the um, contraceptive pill um, and then moved on to do a lot of ret antiretrovirals, which are essentially exclusively sold in sub-Saharan Africa. So, 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 so essentially, you know, the, the estimates vary a little bit, but about 100 million people are alive in Africa because of him. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And so he you know, he, he kind of like, so it was really ins inspirational talk to him, to hear him about actually kind of like actually kind of making a difference in, in the world. And so really so he, he was able to sort of, did, is he doing it for, for, for just good then? For just the good? But well, I mean, he did you, know, he, you know, he's become a very wealthy person because of his company. So he, he, oh, right. he worked How for a company. How rich is he? Uh, he's, you know, he's very rich. <laughs> Richer oh, okay, than you. Right. So, yeah, so <laughs> Um. <laughs> But it's you know it's interesting um, you know but like he's actually giving away you know him and his wife they were lovely um, they kind of giving away I think a lot of their um, their, their their wealth and they're actually investing a lot in there was a fantastic d discussion from someone um, 
who set up a company to do from the department to do who's actually um i think yusuf was a is a donor into that it was a kind of investor in that company that works on rare rare diseases and yeah. so the idea there is that obviously there's not a kind of traditional financial incentive to work in rare diseases from big farmers because there's not a big market and so therefore yeah. development doesn't occur in that environment and so he's kind of really kind of pushing kind of like you know the kind of not just science for, for cash but actually science for good you know and you know and he was kind of it was actually really quite you know inspirational to kind of chat to him um yeah and um yeah they so so it was kind of you know it was interesting talking to him because all of the kind of all of the science that we he gave me his card at the end of the night look i've got his card that shaya oh yeah look at that doctor yeah. he's not even professor why no no no. he's, he's just he's just, he's just works in a company he's a fellow of the royal society though you know and he's like he's actually it's really in interesting you know that to actually hear someone who's kind of a scientist by background and not a businessman who's become incredibly successful in business you know it's interesting um, yeah yeah he so I was because you know we spoke about my startup right I was speaking about my startup w with him because he was asking about it and and his advice was don't give away any equity at all to anybody <laughs> I, was like, really? I was like I was like well that's fine for you isn't it <laughs> can't do that can I <laughs> but anyway it's really, oh, it's really well I mean that's wise wise words from someone who's yeah I a suppose he's a, he's a billionaire so yeah he's yeah. probably you know um yeah. you know it's very um i just looked at that company and it's got a market cap of about 2.7 billion dollars so it's yeah. quite a expensive big big company yeah no exactly and then so it was fantastic he was great he, you know i sent him an email to thank him for the chat and he was telling me like he was he was off to, he was off to warmer climbs for the winter he doesn't like living in england he lives in oh, london yeah. for most of the year but he goes, this, he's off. Is this, are we going back to the pampas stuff now are you sure you didn't <laughs> are you sure you didn't miss out on a proposal you didn't not you didn't read between the lines sufficiently <laughs> Who else was yeah. on the table then? I mean, were they small fry? The other people. I think, in comparison to, to to Yusuf, probably. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe no, actually, nobody's. I was put. That was put. I was in the most safe seat in in the room. Like you know, there were there were richer people around me. I don't know, but um, yeah. it was actually really interesting to actually kind of hear. There's lots and lots of stories of that of people that have kind of you know gone out and and been successful because of their background and they're kind of really keen to kind of um to kind of give back i was going to ask you how do you feel about that because on some respect you know it's, it's really inspirational it's, it's nice for p people like us you know i think you know to think that people might want to give back to university but equally there's some kind of ickiness to whereby we're kind of like us begging kind of for but please give us money we've got no money to do science <laughs> you know I how mean, do you feel about it i mean i it's a good question i mean ultimately you'd expect a lot of people at unis are trying to do good and mm. produce treatments to help people. So it's a better way to invest money than... It's better to invest money in the university structure than it is to invest it in something like, you know, something that's not very ethical, you know, like a, a finance company of some sort. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At least at least it's sort of slight... But, I mean, universities are, universities are big businesses, and I'm sure they're quite savvy in how they deal with... Um, you know, outside investors and alum alumnuses, and they probably mm. have some collateral, so they can only um, develop something of a certain size if they've got some external investors, and the government are never going to fund that, so they have to go out cap in hand. And probably those sorts of people who you've mentioned are people who might be persuaded. So you could, I mean, you just ask, don't you? They don't have to give anything. 
No, that's true. And actually, I think that's kind of like it wasn't kind of a Bob Geldof gives you money kind of thing at all. It was no, more I've just got, I've it, got, I've yeah. not got, I've not got, I've not got anything against it really. I mean, I yeah. wish they'd give me more money. I wish they'd give people big, slightly better salaries than people who work <laughs> in university. Maybe I that's, mean, that would yeah. be that may that, help some incentives. You should just <laughs> say, yeah. The main problem with academia is that professors aren't paid enough. <laughs> I was that chatting was to a well. friend the other day. I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning it to you because I'm not going to mention who it is. But going for a job in in the UK, someone from someone who might you know living in the states, you know, looking at the associate professor level, upper end of mm. the associate professor level, it's just slightly more than a postdoc gets in the US. Once you convert <laughs> it to dollars, that's basically what you work. Is that with. just because the pound's so weak at the moment, though? It's po- partially the pound's yeah. so weak as well. Yeah. Yeah. But no, anyway, I that's another story. But yeah, we need we need more institutes and buildings to put people in to do good work. I, so yeah, well I done, Steve. Be, Hope you enjoyed your free dinner <laughs> and your your swingers party. Well, there's nothing, no, no such thing as a free dinner because then I had to do like three meetings afterwards, and they were telling me that yeah, there was kind of debriefs, and I was just like, oh god, can't we just go for dinner? Can't yeah, can't it just be just, a discussion? I would I would have just drank through it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Nick to sit in the fun. corner and get belligerent, like like completely <laughs> blackout drunk. More Belligerently cider. drunk. Yeah, yeah. Phil Harding, Phil Harding from Time Team here. Oh, sorry, my mistake. I heard you've been drinking pints. You've been drinking pints with my friend Nick. Oh, yeah, hello, yeah, I have, yeah. Good lad. How was it? What was he like? Did he have? Did he have? Did he have his own face like printed on his own beer? Like a real? No, he didn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't put up with that, Mark. He wouldn't put up with that. No, he wouldn't. No. He uh, he was just uh, having a point of some, uh, I can't remember, it's called DFB, it's called uh, Hot Black Brew DFB. Well, thanks for that, yeah. I suppose. Um, yeah. if, uh, I like the beer chat. You like the beer chat? You like the beer, the beer, like the beer chat. chat? The beer yeah. chat was good. I, like I mean, if people, chat, yeah. if people like um, the Science Shed and want yeah. to um, to engage with it more... Um, the best thing you can do is share it on social media and leave us a review. I don't on... use, don't use social media. No. What was that? Carry on. I don't use social media. I ain't got a phone, nothing. You haven't got a No, no I ain't got a phone or nothing. All right, but yeah. it, you've heard of phones and other yeah, people do have yeah. them. And so maybe you can encourage phone. them to share yeah. the science shed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, can do. Yeah. yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, do that when I'm out. All right, well, yeah. if you don't... <laughs> Yeah, great. If you don't, yeah, well, never mind. If you don't, don't bother. But we'll no. still be back next week. Um, wonderful. Well, I can't, some wonderful I, can't, I can't wait for that. And just keep on with it then. Great work, old boy. You get on with that and see you soon.